A few years ago, I had the opportunity to go with some friends, fellow dads, and their children to camping uh, just a few miles from my home, and uh, right here, uh, Samuel P. Taylor Park, and we went and had a great evening uh, in many ways, a terrible evening in a lot of other ways. We uh, set up camp, we had tents, it was a secluded area, it was in uh, kind of a, a, an area of a, a bit of a low depression uh, in, in the earth, there was a stream right by us, it was really a beautiful setting, the weather was great, we set up our tents, we had a meal, we were having a lot of fun together, telling stories and enjoying each other's company, and then as we began to uh, get into our tents and fall asleep, the wind began to pick up, and uh, not long after the wind, the rains began to come, and these were winds and rains that were like very few I have ever experienced in all of my life, and uh, before long, uh, uh, tents were literally picking up and blowing away. Uh, one of our company, his tent, uh, and his daughter's tent was literally, after they had gotten out to fix something, uh, they had gotten out because the, the poles of their tent had broken. The tent poles had snapped because of the, the fierce wind blowing against them, and as they stepped out of the tent to repair it, the wind picked up the tent and began to tumble it down the bank of the creek and down by the stream, and they grabbed it fortunately just in time. Others of our party slept in their car for several hours. It was so miserable. I and my boys, we sat in our tent pushing against the tent poles to keep them from snapping. And this is a really high quality tent. Uh, it has aluminum poles, they're extra sturdy, and they nearly broke under the pressure of the wind. And it was pretty a rough night at the end of the day. We all, somewhere between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m., we all went home uh, and broke camp early and went back to much to the surprise and disappointment of our wives and the children's mothers. Uh, they were hoping to have a sleep-in night, and that didn't happen for them. That's unfortunate. Uh, I learned at least three valuable lessons. You, you tend to look for lessons, right, in moments like that. I do. And here are some of the lessons I learned. Number one is do not camp in a camping area, campsite named Devil's Gulch. That's just a bad idea. That literally was the name of our campsite. And so that's a lesson I learned. I'm going to pick campsites in the future with a different name than Devil's Gulch. Lesson number two learned is that it's really hard to cook pancakes in the rain. Even if somebody's holding an umbrella over your head, it's really tough over a camp stove. Uh, don't even try it. It's not worth it. Uh, lesson number three is the importance of tent poles. I shared with you how uh, we, my children and I, we were pressing, literally pressing our hands and our feet against our tent poles to keep them from snapping and buckling under the pressure and the strength of the wind. And our other uh, friend in our party, whose tent literally snapped and it was uh, almost unusable. Uh, it was quite an evening. Uh, we uh, are looking for ways of learning as we grow through our life. We, as I continue to talk to people and, and read uh, articles and understand the news and what's happening in the world, I, I know that many people are feeling a sense that the, the tent poles of their life have somehow been broken or removed, and it's as if the, the, the roof above them in their life is collapsing in on them. It's, uh, they look at their life now and all that's been affected because of this pandemic and, and they see life misshapen. Uh, it's as if 
In many ways, life feels like we're adrift, somewhat floating aimlessly on the sea, uh, not sure where the landmarks are anymore, not sure where we are or where we're going. I, I get that sense from a lot of people. I have sensed that at different times. The days all seem to run together, um, and sometimes it's hard to know. You wake up on a Thursday and you think it's it's a Saturday, and sometimes it's hard to tell the difference because so much of our routines and our patterns of each day, uh, for many of us, is drastically different than what it is or was uh, just a few short weeks ago. The roof is uh, since to collapse in on us. There's a disorienting uh, that seems to be happening in many of our lives because of what's happening, and not just because of, of these few weeks, but also looking ahead, not sure about what is to come for us. And these realities are anxiety-producing in so many ways for so many people. And because we sense uh, disorientation about our life, uh, many are uneasy about each day, and this anxiety continues to increase. And what, what we need in our life, more perhaps than ever before, maybe it's not that it, it, the need is anymore, but I think we recognize the need to have a fixed point in our life that helps, uh, helps us center our life around that fixed point. And that is really what God offers to us in His desire to be in a relationship with each one of us, is that He would become, for you, and for me, for us, he would be the fixed point of our life around which everything rotates. The fixed point that is unmovable, around which everything finds its steadiness. A, a fixed point around which everything in life finds its orientation in proper orientation. Believing that God is the creator of all things. That he has in his mind and in his hands and in his purposes to guide us into his purpose for the created world and your life as part of that. You see, God has experience guiding people through uncertain times. This is not the first time in human history when we have faced disorienting seasons. As a human, human populist, uh, God has experienced guiding people through and uh, people have experienced in different moments and epochs of life in developing trust with God about his leadership in their life. And we're going to turn in our Bibles today, and we're going to begin by looking at a group of people in the book of Exodus that were in a, a season of disorientation for them in their own day. And, and we're going to learn a little bit from them how they developed trust in God when the future was murky and unsettled, how they learned to lean on God even in the midst of their anxiety-producing uh, experiences. Because this is what these people found, and this is what is true still today is that God is the fixed point. God is the fixed point that stabilizes your living. God can be for you the fixed point around which you orient your life, the fixed point that brings stability to your life, regardless of what the circumstances around you are. No matter how difficult and challenging those realities are, and maybe for you today, God, as the centerpiece of your life, can become the tentpole of your life, giving shape to your life, and around whom you would orient your life. And we're going to look at how these uh, friends found this to be true in the book of Exodus. You, you probably remember, this is one of the most famous stories in all of the Bible. It's the uh, Hebrew people have been in captivity for hundreds of years in Egypt. And God, through Moses, has finally come and, and, and set them free. They have been released out of captivity in Egypt. Pharaoh says, finally, he says, go, 
Because if you don't go, we're all going to die. And so they get on their way, and uh, you know, as part of the way, they, they find themselves at the Red Sea. And, uh, but before they get there, they, they're moving. After hundreds of years and multiple generations in this place called Egypt, they are now set free. They're on a journey with God. They're on a journey in an unfamiliar pathway. They're on a road that was unfamiliar to them. It was disorienting. Do we go right or left? Do we keep going straight? Do we turn around and head back to Egypt? Because maybe life was better back there. It was disorienting for them. They came to places where they didn't have food or didn't have water. And what would they do? What, how would God intervene in their midst? It was disorienting for them. But they found in the process, and it was only through the journey with God, that they discovered, as difficult as it was at times, that God becomes for them the fixed point that brings stability to their living. And we're going to read some of that. You see, they, they find themselves not in an unfamiliar for us situation. Uh, we, we can relate to them in many ways because they had a pursuer. They were pursued by a really serious problem. Uh, you see, when Pharaoh had said, you can go ahead and leave, it wasn't too long after they, they had uh, waved goodbye and the dust uh, behind them as they left settled. Pharaoh had second thoughts. He, he had buyer's remorse and he packs up his army and he uh, mobilizes them after the, the Hebrews as they were leaving Egypt. And he's going to go back to reclaim them uh, because he knows that, uh, that without them they're in big trouble. And so as, as the people are heading out, they come and they're, they're at a, a waterway in front, of, in front of them. It's an impassable waterway. It's no way for them to get across. Uh, there's no way for them to get their animals across, their young children across. And they are stuck because there's a waterway ahead of them. And when they turn around and look behind them, they see Pharaoh and his armies pursuing them. There was real problems pursuing them. Absolutely. And the Bible says... In uh, verse chapter 14, verse 10, the Bible says, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. You see, you talk about being between a rock and a hard place, between an army and a wet place. Here is Pharaoh bearing down on them. This problem is pursuing them, and they don't know how they're going to move forward. And it's not unlike us today. We, we feel with this pandemic around us, perhaps, that, that this problem, this major issue is, is pursuing us. We're uncertain of whether we're going to get sick or be exposed to it and what our response will be. We are pursued by anxiety-producing realities. Uh, job losses are, are plentiful. There are millions of people around the country who are filing for unemployment today, even in our county and right probably in your neighborhood. People have been furloughed from their works and uh, some jobs have just totally disappeared, perhaps never to be uh, reconstituted again. There are businesses closing. And, and on down the list, there are real issues that we are facing, real problems that, that are pursuing us, and, and problems that we're just now beginning to see that we know the impact of those problems are going to be long-lasting. And yet we know, you probably remember in the moment, that, that God tells Moses to stretch out his staff, and, and he does so, and the, the sea part of that body of water that was impassable in front of them, now because of God's activity, it becomes passable for them. And they're able to cross over to the the other side. 
and they're able to flee from the Egyptians and that captivity. God met them in their need. God acted in power in their midst and provided for them. You know, as they continued then on their journey, we find them as people disoriented still. It wasn't just that a problem had been pursuing them. It's that a problem was persistent with them. As, as they move forward with God, they're, they're going to these different parts. They're wandering through the wilderness. The Bible describes it that way. And one of the questions that emerges in them is, is what is God going to do? We, we have these issues coming up. And we don't know how God's going to meet it. And, and just like it is in your life, probably, you, you may have experienced God working in your life, uh, but you, you don't always know how God is going to do that, do you? And sometimes it feels like God seems to wait for the very last moment to provide a solution or provide guidance or to provide some uh, pathway forward for you. But God is not slow in what he does. God is a, a persistent, consistent provider. And so the people continue to have issues as they walked and wandered through the wilderness. They were wondering, what would God do? You see, they at one point, actually multiple points, they become really thirsty. And they begin to grumble in chapter 15. It says that the people grumbled, what a way to drink! Because they're out in the desert, and the desert's really dry, and it's really hot, and they don't know where the water's going to come from. And God does a miracle, and he makes the water that uh, there was, kind of to make things worse, to add insult to injury, they're right beside a body of water, but it was not drinkable. It's described as sour water, and uh, it was not good to drink, and God does something to the water and makes it drinkable. And then they find themselves shortly after that at an oasis. It's described as having multiple springs and palm trees, and, and they're like, yeah, this is a life, and then God moves them. Because that's not where God wanted them to settle. That wasn't the moment. That was a moment of relief, but that wasn't their destination. That was a way stop on their journey, but it wasn't the ultimate place where God had prepared for them and where he was guiding them. So they still had to journey with God through this unfamiliar pathway, this unfamiliar road, as they continued to be disoriented, not just in moments when a problem was pursuing them, not just in moments of thirst, but they also had moments of hunger. Uh, about six weeks uh, it's been about six weeks after they've left Egypt. They, they've been at the, this oasis now, and they pack their camp, and they, they head out. And they find themselves disoriented again, disoriented with hunger. Uh, and they're wondering how in the world they're going to provide for all of their many, many people. And in chapter 16, it says, If only we had died in Egypt, where we sat around pots of meat, and we ate all the food we wanted, but Moses... You brought us out into this desert to starve us. They're really thankful people, aren't they? Uh, they? They aren't appreciating all that, that God has been doing. And even in that moment, out of their grumbling, God still, in his gracious benevolence to them, he gives to them and he provides uh, meat and manna for them out of their, their hunger to meet their need. He doesn't provide always in the same way, but God always provides. He, he is there to give. Uh, they're aware in these moments. Here's what I find so amazing about the people, uh, the Hebrew people in Exodus, is, is that it's in these moments that we see the rawness of their inner life coming out. We, we hear about grumbling, we hear about concern, we, we, are, we are seeing them really turned inside out because I think they're becoming aware of their vulnerability. I think they're coming face to face with their frailty. You know, slavery was one thing in Egypt, but being exposed out in the desert was a completely different sense of disorientation. There's anxiety-producing moments that they are confronted with, 
And that's not unlike what we're confronted with right now. It's in moments like this, and again, I don't know about you, but I've never experienced in my lifetime a moment even remotely like this. But what I am finding about me, and I don't know about you, but it it is an opportunity for me to experience again in an acute way my vulnerability in life. I want to be strong, and I want to stand up in my own strength, but God calls me beyond my own strength to take on His strength in my life. And He does the same for you. God wants you to know Him and to know His strength in your life. But we are acutely aware of our frailty, aren't we? It's in seasons like this that we come face to face with how frail and fragile life can really be. And it makes us thankful in deeper ways for the the life that we have, the people that we have in our life, and the provision of God in our life. There's anxiety-producing unknowns. We've talked about the economy, unknowns within, unknowns with job, unknowns about schooling and when schools are going to be back in, unknowns about social relationships. All of these things create this this foment in us. It it creates this this inner turmoil of anxiety within us. Um, We become aware of our need for something that's much more stable, Maybe than the things that we've placed our trust in. We've placed our trust in our retirement account or, or in our job or, or in certain human relationships to meet the deepest needs of our life that God intended to do in different ways. God wants to meet you in your particular need. And so I hope, sister and brother, as you watch this day, that you will be open and aware of the, the vulnerability that you have in the world, the frailty that you have, and the tender love and tender mercies of God. In the midst of that vulnerability. We seek for someone who is strong. We seek for someone who is generous. We seek for God. That is God's great invitation. But you see, it's only by journeying with God that we understand who God is. It's only by journeying with God, especially through these difficult seasons. It's only by journeying with Him that that we experience Him as a fixed point of life that stabilizes our living. We experience Him as we journey into and through the disorienting moments that we find God is the center around whom life is oriented. We find God as as the the, the main uh, tent pole of our life that gives shape and strength to our living. You see, God led these these Israelites uh, through the wilderness. It it has this amazing image, the Bible says, that it was with a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of smoke or cloud during the day. And it was this tangible reminder that God was with them. It actually went when the Egyptians were bearing down on them as they stood with the Red Sea in front of them. The Egyptians behind them, it says, a pillar of cloud that had been leading them moved around and stood between them and the Egyptians. On one side, it gave darkness. On the other side, it gave light. So that entire night, the whole people of the Israelite nation could cross over the Red Sea. You see, God was present. God was their fixed point in a very tangible way. Around whom their life was given shape. Around whom their disorientation became stabilization because God was their firm foundation upon whom they were learning to build their life. 
And so you and I are learning to build our life during disorientation of life, during these moments where life seems so chaotic and murky and stirred up, we need a fixed point. We need a north star, a stable, unmoving reality in our life. And that really is what God is. That's who God is. He is a stable presence. He is the one the Bible describes as the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is the God who has always loved you. He is the God who is calling you into relationship with himself, a God who wants to be with you. You see, as we, as God invites us into his life, and as you repent of, of your sin and you give yourself to God, you proclaim your desire for Jesus to become the fixed point of your life, the Bible describes that as Jesus becoming your Lord and your Master. So Jesus and God becomes the fixed point of your life. Here's what happens. You see, when we give our life to Jesus, the Bible says that God gives us, He fills us, He seals that relationship with the presence of God's Holy Spirit. And God's Holy Spirit, we're told, is one that comes as a teacher and a guide for your life. And so it's God's Spirit that takes residence in us, and it's God's Spirit that that calls out of us the faith to follow God and to continue to look to God as the orientation of our life, the fixed point that stabilizes our living. And we do that as we learn to pray in a regular way with God. We learn to read our Bibles in a regular way. We, we learn to connect with a faith community, a faith community just like this. Even if we can't meet in person at this moment, that's okay. We can still meet on times like this and moments like this, uh, whether through audio recording or uh, through video recording. And we're continuing to find ways to do that because God wants, through the journey, To welcome you more deeply into his life and his love. But the question remains, how how might we, during these moments of disorientation, how do we know God as the fixed point of my life? Well, a couple of things I want to offer to you. A couple of uh, ways of knowing God as a fixed point in your life is very simply, number one, if you want God to become the fixed centerpiece of your life, to stabilize your living, and you want a real relationship with Him, it starts with being real. It starts with being real with the broken reality in which we find ourselves. We live in a sinful, broken world, and the reality is that God still works inside that broken world. We're just more aware of the brokenness right now than we've been in a long, long time. In the book of Lamentations, we, we read some great uh, verses. Lamentations, of course, is uh, we, some have attributed to the prophet Jeremiah. He's known as the weeping prophet. Uh, but Lamentations is, is a book written about the Hebrew people many, many generations after the Exodus. Lamentations is written after one of the, the ongoing successive exiles of the people into to Babylonian captivity. And it's a book of five different poems written as as observers and watching the city of Jerusalem and watching the the destruction and the despair and the the sadness that happens in that city and to that city. And at the end, the very last poem we read in in verse 1, it says, Remember, O Lord, what has happened to us. Look and see our disgrace. You see, part of... Engaging God as the centerpiece, their fixed point in the middle of disorientation is by being real 
with the reality of, of the brokenness around us right now. Later in this chapter, we find that they, they're praying for restoration. This says in verse 19, the Bible says, You, Lord, you reign forever. You see, there's this understanding that God is going to be the fixed point of my life. I, I have to know and trust and, and step into an understanding that God is still on His throne and that God reigns forever. He has reigned before anything was spoken into creation. He reigns during the, this COVID-19 pandemic and He will reign when this is all said and done and life returns to normal. For God to be the fixed point of my life, it is so essential for me to understand about God's lordship of, of the world and of my life. Lord, you reign forever. Your throne endures from generation to generation. And later in verse 21, the, the, quite the, the response is this. Restore us, O Lord, to yourself that we may return. Renew our days as of old. Restore us to yourself. Restore us, God. To yourself. That is our desire today. I don't know what your desire is today. But if you want God to be the fixed point of your life, you can ask Him today to restore you to Himself. You can ask Him today to reveal the reality of what Jesus has done on the cross and the glory of His resurrection and what that means for you in unlocking a real and personal and lasting relationship with God. That will allow God to become the centerpiece, the focal point of your life, the north star of your life, around whom your life can become oriented again. Not just through this season, but for the rest of your life, grabbed and encountering the love of God. So number one, I would suggest you be real about the broken reality that we're all experiencing. Number two, and finally, is to fix your eyes on the Lord. To fix your eyes on the Lord. In uh, Hebrews chapter 2, uh, the Bible uh, says this, we are told to fix our eyes on Jesus who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Fix your eyes on Jesus who is the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning and shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Fix your eyes on the Lord Jesus. Psalm 42 helps us in this theme as well. He writes, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. The Hebrews, in their wilderness wanderings, were thirsty, and God provided His presence, and He provided water. The psalmist reflects that thirst, the thirst for the presence of God in their life. He goes on, he says, When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? 
Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Put your hope in God today, my friend. Back to Lamentations. In chapter 3, chapter 3 of Lamentations is the chapter of hope. The chapter of hope, after all the the despair and the desperation, uh, the Bible says, I have seen affliction, yet, yet this I will call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. Friend, for God to be the fixed point of your life, for God to bring stability to your living, it requires that you journey with Him. It requires that that you journey with Him through what is familiar and through what is unfamiliar. It requires that you come to Jesus and, and you fix your eyes on Jesus and His work on the cross out of love for you to take the, the dividing wall, to destruct destruct and dismantle uh, the thing that separates you from God so that He can welcome you into relationship with Him. Today you're, you're invited to give your life and your heart into the hands of Jesus. And you can do that simply right where you are today by saying to Jesus that You want to know Him as the centerpiece of your life. You want Him to become the North Star, your fixed point. You you confess your sin. You you ask Him to cleanse you and to forgive you. and, And you ask Him to make a right relationship with you so that God can become for you the centerpiece and the tenfold of your life. Let God be the fixed point around whom you build, around whom your life finds its orientation as we travel this unfamiliar road together. May God touch you and hold you this day forever. We pray now. God, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this great reminder that you are love, that, that you are present, that you are constant out of your love, that you've called us to yourself and to your purposes. You've invited us into your life. You've made a way and, and you want to be the fixed point that we, we fix our eyes upon, around whom we, we center our lives, around whom we find stable living, around whom we find orientation, around whom you as our fixed point, our life has shape like it never has before. And so we pray that you would fill us again to the full, that your full life would be flowing in us and through us, and that we would be growing and understanding you as we journey along this unfamiliar road, God. We pray that we would encounter you like never before. That we would lean on you like never before. And that no matter what problems pursue us from behind, no matter what challenges may lie ahead, as we may look around and feel so out of sorts, God, would you bring your stabilizing presence into our living this day and forevermore. We pray in the name and for the sake of Jesus now.